This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Well, Deanna, as we sit down to talk the analysis today uh, and help others think about uh, the Christian worldview uh, and how to address things going on in the world. They read in the news, they hear being discussed, and and how to think and address that from a Christian perspective. That's the the goal of of what we're doing. Uh, There's so much going on in in the news uh, right now that could be talked about, but one of those things that uh, draws our attention uh, had to do with the fact that there was a new abortion clinic that was opened in uh, Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio. Before the opening, they gathered a group of faith leaders to bless the clinic. Uh, and um, it, it, it just, it, uh, from, a, from a Christian perspective, Deanne, I'm struggling with words to, to describe a, a biblical, evangelical Christian perspective because I understand that these people gathering there to give this blessing are saying, well, we're, we are coming with a Christian perspective. So I'm trying to define these words that go from, and so I'm just going to say from a biblical perspective, uh, from a faithful reading of God's word, that seems to uh, just pull at the fabric of who God is, the ways revealed himself, uh, and the fact that God is life. And so these faith leaders uh, gathered for a blessing, and and part of the uh, part of this report says during this clinic blessing, participants will gather with local faith leaders and guests to ask for God's blessing upon Planned Parenthood of Greater Ohio's East Columbus Columbus Surgical Facility, the abortion providers and staff, and all those who pass through the center. Uh, that was the purpose of this gathering. And it just brings to our mind the idea that these so-called faith leaders fall into the biblical definition of a false teacher. Yeah, that is exactly right. And it brings up the idea of the church and how important discernment is, how important it is to analyze what we are seeing in the news and to be Bereans as Paul had been teaching to some Bereans and they were checking the scriptures seeing Mm. is that what he is saying true and so the Bereans would go back to the scriptures and check is that true and it also can take us back to the Old Testament and I know I'm always you know bringing us back showing hopefully the continuity with the Old Testament and that is Isaiah Isaiah 520 says woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And it just seems like what we're seeing here is that we have a group of people who are disguising themselves in light of Christianity. But if we compare the lifestyle and if we compare the the words that are overflowing out of the mouth, which what what did Jesus say? Out of the overflow of the mouth, you know, reveals the heart. And so if we look at these things and compare that in light of Scripture, in light of who Jesus was, then we have to 
come to the conclusion that these are false teachers. Yeah, yeah. You were mentioning the Old Testament and and continuity. And um, when I think about false teachers, I'm always drawn to the book of Jude in the New Testament. Uh, But as 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 it's authored, (laughs) the the writing is um, keeps drawing on the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He talks about Enoch, who we know very little about Enoch. We know more about Enoch from Jude than we know about Enoch from his Genesis account. Yeah. Because we understand that Enoch walked with God and he was not. But he tells us some things that Enoch was preaching. And he was preaching against false teachers. There are those who've come and are reviling against God. They're speaking ungodly things. They're speaking false statements about God. Mm-hmm. To call and ask for God's blessing on ending life, you're, you're reviling the nature and the character of God. The, these are the things that Paul said, you recognize creation, but you don't recognize the creator. You don't thank God for existence. And so where, where are we going to be led? And, uh, you know, you just see the unfolding of, I think, Romans 1 before our eyes when it starts saying, and we'll give you over, and we'll give you over, and we'll give you over. And um, I, I'm not typically a doomsday-type prophet, uh, <laughs> but you begin to go, the discipline of the Lord is good. Are, are we walking Are we walking into an era, a time, where he's giving over things uh, in our midst for there to be enough taste of judgment before final judgment that some might cry out for mercy. Yeah, and when we have come to the point where we are endorsing immoral behavior, thinking that that's equivalent to loving a person, and when we stop correcting behavior, thinking correcting mm-hmm. means that we're rejecting the person, right. we are inaccurate in our thinking. In fact, it's just the opposite. We should be as quoted in scripture what does it say all scripture is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of god will be equipped for every good work and and we're not doing that any longer we've come Mm -hmm. to this time place where we we've quit speaking the truth in love because we think that somehow that's unloving and now i think god is going wait a second You've put on your own thinking, your own worldview, mm-hmm. and that's not in alignment with what I'm saying. And so I'm going to give you over to what you want. Yeah. And here we sit. It's such a scary thing to know that um, there, there are those that are going to be led astray by uh, this kind of thinking. Uh, the fact that some are going to put on, uh, literally, it's going to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, they're putting on the vestments of of uh, speaking for God and having His voice over a matter like this, and um, and the fact that they are uttering absolute falsehood, um, and and I know that I I know that they don't believe that to be true, and so in in our mind sometimes we think well there's a case to be made there's mm-hmm. they think that way you think this way we could debate this out and see who's right. And we just got to stand on Scripture and say, you know, the Scripture has already spoken to this. Mm-hmm. And it's not about whether 
I think it's a good idea to bless an abortion clinic as a as a member of the clergy. Uh, I don't usually like tying myself even to that kind of broad terminology, but as a as a pastor of a local church, it's not whether I think well I wouldn't go bless uh, at a at a clinic that's going to provide abortion. Um, and and they would as a spokesman for God, and so there's kind of a debate to be had. God's word is spoken to this, and and the the messenger is just that. You come to bring the voice of God, and and, and as as I quoted from from Jude with Enoch, he was in his day reviling those who are speaking not the voice of God. And Isaiah, Jeremiah, the prophets who come proclaiming peace, mm-hmm. and, and there isn't peace. And yeah. it's judgment on the prophet, but there was also judgment on the land that heard those words and and absorbed them in and went, oh, well, good, there's peace, even though there wasn't peace with God as they proclaimed it. Yeah, and we know that in Second Corinthians 11, you know, Paul is talking about these false teachers, and he's saying, you know, even Satan himself disguises mm-hmm. himself as an angel of light. And so we're to beware. I think that Matthew 9, when Jesus is talking to the people and he's saying, listen, I want you to be aware. I want you to be aware. And, I, and that's one of the things I think we should walk away from this discussion with is, is saying, you know, we need to be aware that there are false prophets mm-hmm. now that the or false teachers in our day and time we would right, say right. what what we also need to keep in mind is that Jesus when he knew that Judas was going to deceive right right he still seems to wash his feet with the other disciples he still right. seems to be at the dinner table and I I say dinner table because that's what we use today right, but right. as they were sitting around having the Lord's Supper everybody dipped their their bread in the cup right right and he says you know someone's going to deceive me this night and the disciples are like wait is it me is it me is it me he must have treated them with such respect on an equal footing yeah that they couldn't even discern who it was that was going to be deceiving. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that's a good word for us. We need yeah. to be aware. We don't need to be afraid. But we need to be discerning and able to have conversations and be able to speak the truth in spite of the fact that we completely disagree right. but identify I'm not standing in that place with them. Yeah, You know, Proverbs... One says that wisdom calls out, right? Wisdom calls out in the streets. And then we've talked about this before. Proverbs 9 says what? Folly calls out in the streets. (laughs) So we have to be discerning to understand and know and be reasonable in our mind to make decisions of, is, is this in front of me, false teaching? Does this line up with Scripture? And if it doesn't, how can I either evangelize or disciple because we're typically doing one or the other but yeah. being aware is so yeah. important yeah yeah be aware um uh, approach with with love as appalling as this as this is um i and and as much as i disagree with those that would take that stand uh i would still want to be able to sit down and and discuss that right mm-hmm. not not just go and 
and yell at how wrong they are or call them names or I'd want to be in a position where I could sit down and, and discuss it with them and ask questions. It's coming from a worldview and you can get to somebody's worldview pretty quickly. You know, why did you do that? What made you think that was a good idea? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, pretty quickly with those kinds of questions, you're going to reveal their worldview and find out that there's big disagreements over the deity of Christ and over his death, burial, and resurrection and what that meant. And uh, and and that's the heart of the gospel. And so you can you can find the discrepancies in those, then you're at a place where you get to present the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And you're not just arguing over abortion. Right. And you're not just arguing over should we go and pray blessings over buildings right. or over buildings that are used for for practices that are against God. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about something that that matters at an eternal level when we get to the gospel. And 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 just not living in fear. Uh, in Jude, after all this talk of false prophets, he says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. We don't need to live in fear. You, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Um, those are our responses to this. We don't fear we don't we don't there's a lot of clam there's things going on in the world that we're going oh my goodness i can't believe this but we don't we don't fear the crumbling the lord is still in control the the lord is going to use his people that will respond to him and follow his will to speak into these things continue to be salt and light we want to be one of those mm-hmm. uh, and and yes we're we're sorrowful for where things are and we can pray and we can repent but let's build ourselves up in our most holy faith and pray yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that when I'm teaching, a lot of times the students, I can tell in their faces that, oh my goodness, this is happening in here in America. Mm-hmm. What in the world? Because we relate so many things because we're teaching world history. It's yeah. a survey of world history. Yeah. Well, anyways, one of the students asked me just this last week, they said, Mrs. Huff, do you think that in your or in our generation there will be persecution and i said you know it's it's interesting that you say that because i used to think hey wait a second this is probably going to be in my grandchildren's generation but i want to evangelize until then uh it could be in my kids but i want to evangelize until then and and i realize actually it's at my door yeah and i i I think it's right around the corner i looked at my student and i said but you know what perfect love casts out all fear and you don't have to be afraid. What we need to do is is build our knowledge in God's Word. We need to renew our mind, recognize false teachers, learn and grow in being able to have strong conversations, defending the faith, sharing the gospel. We just need to be busy about God's work. And I'll, I'll end on this note, but my brother once said to me, he said, you know, do your job and go to bed. And I was like, what? And he said, well, you know, the parable about the sower. Mm -hmm. He said he gets up, he sows seeds, he goes to bed, he wakes up, and he's like, how did that grow? And he goes, but the sower goes to bed. And he lets God do what he needs to do in the heart of mankind. And so those are some things we just need to remember. But but build yourself in growing and developing and being able to discuss with people. 
that's our encouragement to you as you listen to the analysis today. We trust that you'll be doing that privately uh, in God's Word and in prayer and in public worship with the body of believers where the Word of God is faithfully taught. Thanks for listening.